disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Hey y'all, welcome back to Black Girl SOS. Season two is on the way. Things are rocking and rolling. We're having a good time talking about real shit as per usual. And as always, I do not disappoint. I bring you only the best of the best and the baddest of the baddest. My dear, introduce yourself. Hey everyone, I'm Melissa. Some of you may know me as 868 in the 718 on Instagram. But those who know me personally, I'm Melissa. I'm a mom. Most of you know my kid, who's more of a superstar than I. We love Samara. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I am a trainee by birth, but a New York City resident. <laughs> um, and I'm just here to chop it up with you. I appreciate you coming on. So today, we are going to talk about permanent residents, aka green card holders, and the democratic process, aka voting. So if you are from New York like I am and like Melissa is now, then you know that a large amount of our communities are immigrants. A lot of them may or may not be green card holders, but a lot of them were not born here, but they've lived here forever. They have been working here forever. They have been paying taxes here forever. And much like the District of Columbia, <laughs> they ain't got no damn representation. They can't even vote. They literally cannot vote. So if you are a green card holder, you are legally in America, you know, before the unseasoned motherfuckers get on here acting like they got something to say. You are legally in America. You are a permanent resident. You do pay taxes. However, you cannot vote. Not only can you not vote, you can't register to vote. If you register to vote, that is grounds for you to be deported. So interesting story that I read, um, and I looked, I even found this story just because, um, because you brought this whole situation to me about the fact that, you know, you guys are not allowed to vote. Meanwhile, you know, you actively participate in a tax base. So um, as I was like researching and just trying to look for ways to be of assistance to you, I came across this clearly really popular story that even I didn't know. So there was this reverend, uh, he was Britain, Britain, he was British. <laughs> he came over here, I don't know, at this point it had to be about 20 years ago, 20, maybe, yeah, close to 20 years ago now. And anyway, he came over here through the archdiocese. He's been working here, living in South Illinois for like 15 years, a really prominent figure. And he inadvertently registered to vote. He thought it was okay. One, because he'd been here so long. Two, because it happened right after he took his, DM, his driver's license exam. And anyone who has a license in this country, you know that they register you to vote right there. Like literally, as soon as you're done with that exam, they will register you to vote. And so he thought it was okay because basically an agent of the state was like, yeah, register to vote. It was 2006, which we all know was, you know, a big year. And he was, you know, being habitually told, you know, register to vote, register to vote, register to vote. And so he did. And then he voted, but he thought he wasn't doing anything wrong. Fast forward to 2018, he applies for citizenship. 
And one of the questions is, <laughs> are you a registered voter? Have you ever voted? And being a man of the cloth, he told the truth. <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure, I voted in 2006. Yeah. They immediately started his deportation process. That shit is crazy. You, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, right? Um, so how this whole green card voting conversation came about last last year, August during Harlem uh, during Harlem weekend orders. Mm-hmm. Got there walking towards a particular vendor, which is like the extreme end of one thirty fifth. And as I'm walking across, you know, different booths, uh, different folks out in the community. And one lady approached me and I, I can't remember like what organization she was from. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I just want to share some information with you about being registered as an independent voter and actually forming a third uh, political group and just be, you know, completely independent. And, you know, just talking about how for people of color, how that a pretty, a pretty viable option for us. From there, I'm talking, you know, talking to her. I'm like, you know, this all sounds really good. And then she goes, are you registered to vote? And I said, no, I can't vote because I'm not a citizen. And she's like, oh, but I think you could vote in local elections. So like the light bulb went off for me, right? She tried to get you deported, sis. Right. <laughs> out of me. So I'm like, all right, when I get home, I'll start doing my homework. So first thing I do is start asking within my network of mm-hmm. well-educated, well-informed folks. And they're all looking for me like, okay, let's see, you know, whether it's yes or no. It's like, you look at one article and it says yes. You look somewhere else, it says no. You look on the election board, it says one thing. Then you call 311, it's something else. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not trying to be the example. I am not trying to be the person <laughs> the person for this. I am not trying to lose the two cents. New York City pays me. Thank you very much, New York City. <laughs> right? I'm like, let me see how I can figure this out, like the right way to go about figuring this out. Fast forward, 2020, the pandemic comes around, and it's all these protests. People are getting arrested all the time. And for me, as a green card holder, for me, looking through my immigrant lens first, because I always look through those set of lens first, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, if you're a citizen and you get arrested, you get bailed out and you go on about your way, you go to the next protest, you start it all over again. But if you're a resident uh, or green card holder, that's totally different for you. You can meet the wrong cop, you can meet the wrong person, and that could be the end of your life in this country as you know it. Mm-hmm. So that's where this really uh, came from because, you know, I know one side of the argument is voting isn't the end all and be all to it. And they're right, voting isn't the end all or be all to it. But voting is also a viable slice of the pie, you know? So Absolutely. we shouldn't just throw it away because, oh, nothing gets done for us. I'd rather be able to exercise that right mm-hmm. versus just say, well, whatever. And for me, uh, and I think a lot of us, <laughs> we pay a lot of taxes. Let me tell you something. New York got all the taxes. That's why yeah. I left. <laughs> and if, if you are going to be filling out my inbox, every two seconds about donate one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight dollars. 
then I need, I, I, need to, I need to be tied into this, right? So you can take my money to fuel your political campaign, but I can't vote. I can't actively participate in that. So that's where all of this really stemmed from to get to the bottom of it. So in starting to do my homework, and again, kudos, thank you so much for helping me with this. Of course. Discovered that the bill was introduced in January of 2020. And as you know, life around the world changed. So that's pretty much on the back burner for now mm -hmm. until we figure out when this corona going to stop showing her ass. <laughs> Let me tell you something about, because I've decided that both 2020 and Corona are binary. So sibling and they. Yeah. Really yeah. showing they ass. You know? yeah, yeah. All the vacations have been canceled. I totally regret not going to Carnival in Trinidad this year because it was, it's the, it's only, the one. only one that happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I had plans to go. So I, I deserve this regret that I, I have. The way how it's looking right now with our numbers that are increasing. Yeah. Um, Ain't going to be no 2021. If 2021 happens, it's for whoever's on the island already, not for yeah. us. Nobody in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, so you, you brought up two really good points. Um, so like I said, the conversation started from green card and voting, but it's really green card and the democratic process. Mm -hmm. Like being a part of the process is having the ability to protest, mm -hmm. to advocate against things that are not in your favor, things that obviously work against you and work against your community. Having the First Amendment to support you in that right to protest. But you don't sincerely have that even as a resident, to your point, if you're arrested, it's, it could very well be an extremely different experience than if I'm arrested. Add to the fact that we have an administration that is so anti-immigrants, the irony, considering oh, this country literally is- both of us. <laughs> Correct. So it's like we've got one, we're black, two, we're women, three, we have an administration that wants to close its borders and get everybody the fuck off yeah. the mainland. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you really can't participate. And these things happen in your neighborhood. You yeah. know, the kind of crime that we are advocating against and protesting against, the kind of police brutality that affects us all happens in your neighborhood, happens to your students, happens to happens to their parents. But you can't run the risk of actively participating, not in that way, because that shit could cost you and your daughter yeah. your every day. And then I think the other good thing you brought up, which I didn't even think about until you said it, is the fact that, yeah, you can donate. Politicians will gladly take your money. Yeah. Gladly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, how many of them are really checking to see, let me see, is this person a legal resident? Are they a citizen? Is this person illegal? They don't collect your money and that's it. And that, and that the crazy part about it is that a lot of local officials have large constituencies yes. that are green card holders. Mm -hmm. But if as a constituency, they don't make their voice heard or make it an issue, the status quo remains the status quo. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't think of a district in Brooklyn that doesn't have like a solid green card base. Whether they are black, you know, Just white, European, action. like. Yeah. <laughs> but meanwhile, back at El Rancho, nobody. Right, right nobody's doing anything about it. So talk to us about what you've been doing proactively to um, 
try to move this along. I mean, I know we're stalled because of, you know, <laughs> sibling corona, but. <laughs> well, first it's, it's the research, right? Um, figuring out the, the legal language of how do we even try to move this motion forward? Who do I even talk to? So even that was a learning process for me because again, as a Trinidadian citizen, our political system is very different. Uh, so again, learning process for me, learning, okay, my district rep, um, different folks in the Senate, um, different caucuses. So even that alone was like, oh, okay, I see yeah. these names. I get things in the mail from these people. I didn't realize I walk past your office all the time, but all right, I'm gonna make this <laughs> more frequently now. Um, so that was the first step in figuring out who represents me, whether it just be in my zip code, whether it's in my borough, whether it's in my city at large. Um, and then after that, actually getting uh, a hold of the actual referendum, uh, which is available publicly. And if anyone wants to see what that is, that's not a problem, hit me up, up about it. Uh, and I'll add it in the. I'll add the link in the bio yeah, on um, definitely on the page. And uh, just reading through it to see the language of it, and it was it was pretty much what we you know you and I had our conversation and what we've discussed so far. It's you know we have New York City in particular has a sizable amount of immigrant re uh, residents, and they should be allowed to vote in local elections. Like that distinction was made very clear. We know the law says that voting, it, it's extended to citizens exclusively, mm -hmm. but in local elections, um, those laws, those are the things that affect our day-to-day. -day. Those are the things that Correct. affect what our heart looks like. Those are the things that affect the judges, the lawyers, our just day-to-day -day existence. So that's Absolutely. where we need to put our money. That's where we need to put our vote. Um, and surprisingly enough, there were 34 council members that supported it, including the current public advocate, uh, Jermaine Williams. And as we continue doing more research, thank you so much for that website. Bad, but I don't even want to say it incorrectly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as we continue doing our digging, finding out that other states have actually allowed this to happen. And not just simply with the Green Park voters, just anyone who is a resident, period. You collect mm -hmm. mail there, therefore you can vote in local elections. So I, I, it definitely gives our argument some legs to stand on. Definitely. Um, as mentioned already, green card holders pay taxes. So people who are all about the bath, who are all about the money, you pay your fair share of money. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I, I, I tell people all the time, I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm scared of nobody. But the tax man, I respect, I respect all the staff. You go on ahead. Like a proper American. <laughs> you go ahead, you take all my money, and you give me back whatever you feel like. You know, it's all good. I respect all the staff. <laughs> Listen, me and Uncle Sam, we don't be on the best of terms. They just be asking for too much. <laughs> like, nah. No, I feel, no, I feel like they. I feel like this country owes me so much as a descendant of a slave that the audacity for you to be taxing me. I agree with that. However, <laughs> I sit down with my accountant and I tell him right away: um, <laughs> if you open your mouth 
and you say, I owe. I'm walking out of here. <laughs> When I used to work for H&R Block, I cannot tell you the amount of people that got up and walked out when I was like, I'm sorry, you owe. They're like, well, then I'm not following. I'm like, well, that that has nothing to do with me. I'm not, I'm not your judge and jury. I'm merely your tax preparer. If you choose not to file, that is between you and your financial God. That don't have nothing to do with me. You know, like, I'm telling you, side note, came back. (laughs) from vacation one time, when I left teaching, came back from Hawaii, like two weeks in Hawaii, I was like, oh, great, open my mail, and it's a thing from the IRS saying that I owe X amount of dollars. I'm like, no, I, I, this, is, this is wrong. Go to my accountant, and like, they put in the wrong numbers for my salary. Mm. He was like, oh, do a payment plan. I was like, no, I have the money, it's okay. I'm gonna pay it right now. It's it's all right. <laughs> so, so no, Uncle Sam is not me. I'd be like, put me on a payment plan. You get in the minimal amount, and if I ever pay you off, then lucky you. But if I have it my way, I'll be paying until they lower the casket. You're not getting my money. No, that's how that's how shook Uncle Sam has me, girl. That is well, that's because again, the difference between <laughs> being a citizen. I think the other thing that you brought up, which is hella important right now, like in this environment, because everybody is like, everybody wants a microwave information. Like they want everything that, like it's just going to come like this when you really need to do your homework and do some research. I know that doing this, yeah. Because if you didn't do your homework when that woman stopped you in Harlem and you just was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm just going to register. Your ass could be on the next thing smoking or yeah. in one of them godforsaken ass cages that this trash ass Cheeto allegedly locked up in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the RNC starts tonight too. And I right, listen. right, right. You I'm know, I'm gonna catch some of that crustless sandwich ashy. You know, I'll, I'll see. I'll see all the memes in the morning. I'll see all the memes. In the morning. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm gonna need some highlights tonight. I'm gonna. Need... <laughs> it's gotta be more enjoyable, you know. But just imagine. How many people on Flatbush? How many people in Harlem? How many people in Queens? How many people in the Bronx that may be thinking the same thing that I was thinking, mm-hmm. right? And, and started doing the homework. And, you know, as I told you in the beginning, this shit is overwhelming. It is. And it's you know? intentional. It's intentional. It's supposed to overwhelm you to deter you. It's just like the, it's just like the tax code here. There's yeah. absolutely no reason why the U.S. tax code needs to be as voluminous as it is. It doesn't need to be as complicated as it is, but it is on purpose. It's on purpose, and it's to deter people who, one, can't afford to have a professional sorted out for them, yeah. to just have them be like, okay, well, whatever you say, then that's just what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's to have people who are already disenfranchised just accept it. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's overwhelming to people that grew up here that went to school here. One, it's not like they really teach it. They don't really teach the democratic process in our schools. Mm -hmm. I know what I know because I took a proactive approach. And when I got to college, um, our Black Student Union was, we were just super, we were on some some Martin, some some Malcolm X shit, like, <laughs> like, like we ready, we ready to toss the fucking infrastructure. And so, part of being able to effectively do that meant that I had to know what the fuck I was talking about. I had to know where I had space to navigate and where I didn't. 
And so I had to be proactive in really learning about the process. And then, you know, once upon a time, I had political aspirations. And that, you know, meant that I really needed to learn how the process works, how I would be able to be successful in this arena. Um, but then I realized as I, you know, researched and did my homework that I'd be more effective as somebody with money and influence than I would be as a politician. But, you, you know, you just mentioned something with finding the political ladder. Um, and kind of like the same thing here, right? Start off your residence, you have to wait five years, I believe, before you can apply to citizenship. So those five years, you have to be on your P's and Q's because, God forbid, <laughs> an orange falls into your supermarket bag. And it's not on your receipt, right? <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> right? Because you you know, we both petty. We might run into some petty people who would do something. Listen, like that. there's more petty people. We're not the only ones. <laughs> right. You know, and your life is over for something as minute as that, or it can be something even more ridiculous than that. Yeah. So you wait those five years to earn your full rights as citizenship. And by earn meaning your money. Pay your taxes. To take, pay your taxes, of course. <laughs> pay your money to take the citizenship um, exam. And Which is not inexpensive. Well, that you, you passed because it was $725. Ma'am. Until, up until the end of this year, I believe next year, the fee is going up to like around $1,100. That's so, a lot of money. Yeah, I was just saying to someone yesterday, now imagine you take that exam six times. Six times. You know, some of us, we might be able to say, all right, I don't have $1,100 on me, but I have 400 in the bank, and I can put the rest on a credit card, or I can borrow from my retirement, or I can borrow from a friend, yeah. do whatever. Some people, they, they can't. Like that $100, that's all they could save in one year. Yeah. That's a, especially in New York City, it's so expensive yeah. to live there. The cost of living is astronomical. And a lot of people, honestly, don't make a lot of money. It's, oh. it's a lot of citizens that don't make a lot of money. Yeah. It's even yeah. harder <laughs> when you're not a citizen because they will institute all these random barriers mm -hmm. to get the job. But better believe in... During all of that time, you're paying your taxes. Even oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Them taxes are getting paid. Yeah, even a lot of people, before they even adjust their status, whether they're a student or whatever the case may be, they're paying into the tax system. Uncle Sam is still collecting their money. Like, no one of the IRS is saying, hold up, you're not a resident, you're not a citizen, I think we have money for you. Uh -uh, uh -uh. They're taking that. Thank you very much. Be blessed. Did you go to college here or did you go to college in Trinidad? I, uh, I've been living here. I started college here in 2000. So I've been living here since like late half of 1999. How did that affect your financial aid? So I got a scholarship. Okay. Uh, fortunate enough to earn a scholarship for undergrad and grad school. Um, but even even so, just having to worry about metro card money and like those overhead stuff, the currency exchange for us at the time is like 
like six to one is still kind of like six to one, my goodness. Um, it's still, even with both parents gainfully employed, both parents earning a decent income, it's still six to one. It's still six times, you know? Yeah, whatever. I, I, I can't hear you. Just went silent. Can you hear me now? A little bit louder. No, I, I can barely hear you. I know. Oh. Can you hear me now? Yes. Perfect. Yes. Yes. Now I can't hear you. <laughs> no, oh no. <laughs> uh, I think we got action. Can you hear me? Because I can hear yeah, you. I can hear you. All right, we're back rocking and rolling. <laughs> um, but going back to your question about how did it affect my college experience, uh, to be quite honest, during that time, I wasn't even thinking, voting, or anything like that. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to school. I'll probably move back home because for my friends that were already registered to vote, a lot of them, they would go back home every few years for our elections, right? Uh, but I'll just speak for my friends on Trinidad. They would go back home. So we've kind of always been taught, at least in the region, to be active in the political process, whatever that looks like for you, to agitate in whatever way it looks like for you. Um, and then, you know, when you come here, it's, so, so much happening and it's like you're forced to be put into a box and a lot of the, the, the icons that people subscribe to and the ideology, they're West Indian in root. However, West Indian people, for some reason, sometimes always get left out of the conversation when we're mm -hmm. speaking about Black Lives Matter in the current movement right now. So that, that was like my little side conversation with my college friends. But we understand, you know, okay, we're coming into this bigger system. So how yeah. do we acclimate <laughs> to this bigger system that, you know, it's not like, oh, they're coming to take over or anything like that. So it's, it's, it's a tug of war. And throughout the course of time, I've been able to navigate both sides much better. Listen, do you still vote back home? I actually have never voted back home, to be quite oh, honest. Okay. Yeah, because it's not by choice. Okay? <laughs> so, so viewers, don't judge me, okay? <laughs> we are judging you, just now joking. <laughs> so I, I lived here, I started living here when I was 17. Oh, well, then that makes sense. Yeah. The age is 18 there too, right? Yeah, so every yeah. time I would go home, I would never spend enough time for them to say, well, okay, you're a true resident here. You, you pay taxes, you pay your bill, to, you know, to confirm that it's Melissa from Trinidad and Tobago, right? So that's why I've never- Sovereign entity, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So that's why I've never been, um, I've never voted home. Um, we actually just had local elections, August 10th, and 
I, I like I know some people that say, oh, I'm not gonna vote because whatever reason. But for me personally, I'm so excited. Like when you vote home, you know, you dip your finger to like show that all right, you voted already. Man, I'm so high. Oh, okay, that's a different thing. Uh, say that again. I said okay, that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm like so high to 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 show off my red finger to show you know I I dip my finger. So again, it's it's voting the only solution to everything. No. no, but it's a critical part of the solution. And it's one you've never done. So, like, you've never voted in your life then. No, so it's something. That's crazy. I'm, like, so, ex yeah. So I didn't realize that. Oh, my God. That, well, for me, that would make it, like, so much more of a, like, I got to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you don't understand election day internet all i did on facebook was just like scrolling looking at all the red fingers and i'm like one day one day that's gonna be me one day i'm gonna be on facebook i'm gonna be with my red finger and that's i gotta be super frustrating then to have people home in trinidad and home here mm -hmm. that willfully don't participate in the process yeah yes it what do those conversations look like for you Talk, I need to hear what that conversation looks like for you. Because you know, for me, it's all out war. I'd be like, listen, you want some dumb shit. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I always try to be objective. I don't try to go in too hard. I'm like, all right, let me see what's the rationale behind it. And I'll speak for folks from Trinidad, your other native land. but that's Yes, just for the people, the people in podcast land who do not know. <laughs> I am also Trini, not by birth. <laughs> Thank you. I, I can't even trace my slave lineage there, but my heart is from POS people. All right. Don't girl. forget it. My <laughs> <laughs> um, friends from home that don't vote, like when they explained it to me that, you know, we have people that represent us and they've been there 10, 15, 20 years and they haven't done anything in the community. And I said, okay, they haven't done anything in the community, but what do folks in the community say? And they're like, you know, they want change. And what ends up happening is that people from within the community themselves, they go about and they create after school programs, they create, you know, on the job training, like stuff like that. Yeah. We're investing in youth and education. So in that sense, I get it. I would still vote, but that's me personally. But mm -hmm. when it was explained to me that way, I could respect that because, okay, I'm not voting. I'm not exercising that one part of, you know, being a change agent, but I'm doing something in my community to help. Um, mm -hmm. Versus here, when folks say that they're not voting, they're saying, it's, well, you know, nothing's going to change for black people. It's going to stay the same. But then they also do the same thing. They're very active in amplifying black voices, black platforms. But then still I'm like, I don't understand why you're not why you're not voting. Because if you're not voting, then you can't complain. You know, yeah. and my people in Trinidad, we are notorious for going on strike, right? I'm speaking of striking. Let's see if this teacher strike actually pans out. Listen, because I've seen that, and I was like, "Well, I ain't mad at them." Uh, I, you know, it's shaky. I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. But that MTA strike, if you can remember, from like ten, fifteen. You years know, ago, I remember. 
that try the union leader he was training everyone was like oh it's secret i'm like he is going to strike my people strike this is what we do you know this is this is in our blood we strive to get the point across so i knew i was going to be stuck um at home because i was in school at the time and i lived in co-op city oh you no know, nah, that's fine everybody for me was in brooklyn so i'm like i i, I don't know when i'll see you guys i'll see you, I'll see you soon <laughs> you know um, so that's the striking kind of, but I, 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 I'm not as forceful when I hear people say they're not voting because I, I try to understand from their perspective, what's their reason. I think there's also a different dynamic or at least, or at least that is how it appears from my seat, mm -hmm. that there's a very different dynamic when you come from a country where you're the majority versus living in a country where you're not only the quote unquote minority, heavy on the quotes, because black people are the global majority. So very heavy on the quotes. But you know, when you live in a country where you're the quote unquote minority and the driving force of one of the major political parties and you still don't, you still don't see change or you don't feel represented, I, for me, that's when I guess I feel like, bro, we can't overthrow this shit if we're not in it. <laughs> like, I can't overthrow this shit from the outside. This is, yeah. That, yeah. That's just not a thing. That's not the way the system is designed. You, you just cannot. You have to bring your ass on the inside, put the C4, boom, then blow that shit up. Yeah. That is just how it works in America. And I just feel like because we're not, everybody doesn't look like me. So it's not, I, I feel like um, in countries where, you know, black countries, basically, the issues there are very economic, very economic. At least that's been my experience in traveling and what people have said to me. I could be wrong, you grew up there. Um, but it's a lot of classism and economics, like people with money and the people with no money don't fuck with each other, and that's that on that. And the people with money are overwhelmingly the people in power, and they retain power damn near indefinitely. Well, you, you know, Trinidad is unique in that sense of folks that look like me, African descent, Indian descent, mm -hmm. from. We are the majority, if you're just going strictly by, by the data, right? Yeah. We are the majority. However, as you mentioned, the economic power, it is this very small circle of maybe seven, eight families that oh, are- Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. So it ends up being seven, eight families because if I'm one of those families and you're one of those families, and our siblings get married. Now we've become one family. Of course, and, and we're putting them together. <laughs> you know, and then you figure it out by the last names. Um, yeah. So you have this small subset that essentially own like and run 90% of our economy. So that's the challenge uh, for us. And I know we're kind of shifting from the green car conversation for a little bit, but that's no, that's, no, that's fine. Yeah. That's the, the challenge that we're facing now. It's like, okay, we can boycott these businesses and, and 
people in Trinidad have been very active, even more active now. Uh, I think folks in our age range, yeah. folks that, you know, they're open, they've, they've seen the world, they've, they're open to different perspectives, and they understand Black economics, that we have to recycle our money in our community. Absolutely. And they've been really good about that, but then when they're like, all right, when we boycott all these supermarkets, where are we gonna get our food? Because these seven, eight families, they own all the yeah. supermarkets, you know? They own all the stores that we buy, you know, practically we buy fabric from or we buy electronics from. So what what do we do? So economics is a big, you know, a big yeah. part of it. And I think one big difference from, from Trinidad versus here in Trinidad, people they hold your feet, your constituents, they hold your feet to the fire. And they'll remind you, you know, if you F up, we're going to do some shit. We're going to burn some shit in the street. We're going to rally. We're going to do something. Listen, we're I support that kind of, I support that kind of energy. We're going to let you know that we're unhappy. And if it means that we have to call a snap election, meaning call it before the fire there, we're going to do that. Like, we're going to make that. That shit is necessary, though. That I, honestly, that's a, that's a really good point. And not for nothing, it ties back into the way green card holders are kind of ousted from our democratic process. You do need to hold motherfuckers to the fire. Like, it can't be that you said you were going to do this and here you're on your third re-election and the pothole on the street still isn't fixed and, and the school zone still doesn't have a speed bump and shit like that. And I'm, especially in New York, yeah. particularly in the Bronx, I can definitely speak I can speak for my borough and I can speak for my city as far as citywide elections. Mm -hmm. Names carry favor. Yeah. People will vote for a name they know rather than do the homework yeah. on whether or not this person has actually stood up for their platform. Mm -hmm. And that's problematic yeah. because then they're not held accountable. Yeah. If you don't hold me accountable, why the fuck am I going to break my neck to do? Yeah. This is an easy job. Yeah. If, if I don't got to do what I said I was going to do, this shit is a cakewalk. Yeah. And I'm going to sit my happy ass in Albany or Gracie Mansion or wherever the fuck ever. I'm going to Exactly. I'm going to live off of your tax dollars. I'm going to throw some fabulous events off yeah. of your tax dollars. And because you haven't pressed me to do anything, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to do it. And I... What I'm happy to see is I feel like the times are changing like in that regard. I think it would change more. It would definitely be helpful if people were not so in jeopardy of losing their livelihood and their life. You know what I'm saying? Like not like death, even though that's a yeah, fucking sure. real it, issue it, for it, us. But yeah. just, just in the fact that people who live here people who are green card holders, who are legally here, who are going about things the right way, right? Because that, that's the narrative. If you do it the right way, then this will all work out for you. Yeah. Well, I'm doing it the right way, but you're still like ousting me from all of the processes or processes that directly affect my damn life. It's like you're constantly, even when you're doing all the things that you're supposed to do and you're you know, on the screen and narrow, it's like you still always have this eye over your shoulder like all right is is today the day that you know somebody stops me and they question me randomly or i say the wrong answer then 
you know, it snowballs into something, uh, something yeah. else. And, and that's for me as a green card holder, someone who's here legally. So imagine for someone who isn't here legally, for whatever reason. a lot of people here illegally. Right? For whatever reason. So I may be able to get on your platform and speak amongst my friends and say, you know, I don't like this. Can you help me navigate how to complain, how to say, do something or say something about it? But then there are other people like me who may have experienced or who are experiencing much worse. But they just take it because they're like, well, you know, I'm here illegally. What am I going to do? They're going to arrest me. They're going to deport me. It's, it's so many other so many yeah. things. Yeah. And, and going back to what you're saying with, especially in New York City and Brooklyn in particular, <laughs> a large West Indian population. Yes. Who are they're pretty vocal for the most part. They're, they are white people. I ain't met a West Indian that ain't vocal. <laughs> we will go up and we will get everybody to sign our petition. We will, you know, stay at the, at the train station. We will stand at the bus stop. We will do what we need to do to amplify um, our voices. So I think that's why it's really important for our voices to be represented, at least in local elections, because Absolutely. again, it's things that affect our day-to-day, even what our neighborhoods look like, you know, Correct. because let's be honest, there are some neighborhoods, you and I, we might income qualify to move there and we can you know, afford to live there. It doesn't mean that everybody wants us there. Correct. Yeah. Versus Absolutely other gentrifiers. I wish I had that T-shirt on right now for my gentrifiers. I listen. I lived in a I lived in a gentrifier neighborhood. <laughs> I lived in a gentrified. I call this building the gentrified building. <laughs> I don't care. Um, when I lived in Brooklyn, I, I did ex- I did live the gentrified experience, and I was just like so. When I first moved there, I was like, you know, I I know this I know this area. I know this area well because I went to Bertram for high school and most of my friends were from Brooklyn and I spent a lot of my time in Bed-Stuy. So I know Bed-Stuy like the back of my hands. And this area in particular, two of my line sisters used to live right around the corner. So I used to be over here all the time. And I tell you, I know this neighborhood well. I know it well. So when I was first told about the building, and this is before I moved into the building, um, and I was living there with someone, but I like when I first heard about the building, I was like, that should sound mad nice. What is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, he gave me the address again. And I was like, I know this block. Yeah, you heard of this. And I'm like, I ain't never seen this building before. Mm-hmm. I never heard of this building. I know the police stations around the corner. I know the Chinese restaurant on the corner. I know the liquor store next door. I know the dry cleaners across the street. Yeah. I don't know this building. So when I got there, it was just a brand new fucking condo, beautiful building, but still in the middle of the hood. You will yeah. still get shot on either corner. Yeah. <laughs> Shit still is what it is. And, you know, the neo-Brooklyners, the yeah. neo-Brooklynites <laughs> are acting like, you know, their senses are disturbed by the experience. Well, sis, nobody asked you to move here. You yeah. can take no ass back to your neighborhood. Yeah. You came here. Like, don't put all these nice buildings in our neighborhood and then think that this, like, the shit is for you. Like, yeah. we're just going <laughs> to, like, the neighbors aren't going to randomly disappear. They are slowly getting rid of people. It's happening in the Bronx, like, wildfire in the South I Bronx. Know. I know. 
I know. Thing. I know. Million dollar apartment in the but, South Bronx. I'm gonna need you to clean up the street first. Right, but but you would think that uh, with more and more gentrifiers coming, you would think that more of them would learn how to be allies for the communities that you're well, in. The, first of all, these are entitled motherfuckers and, and, and <laughs> they don't they don't have any intentions to be allies. Let me tell you a, a, a fucking fun fact about New York. A very fun fact about the Northeast. These motherfuckers in droves are limousine liberals. You're going to find a handful of real allies, like people that really be about the work and really get into the shits with us. But the majority of them, they do this shit for show. It's performative as fuck. It is all, they're all limousine liberals. They show up to the rally in the limousine and then they leave in the limousine after their pictures get taken. I don't know if you've seen like at the height of um, shit really popping off this summer, there was like, I've seen like four different videos all in downtown Brooklyn mm -hmm. of these fucking uh, white allies, like randomly jumping out of Ubers or jumping out of lifts or getting off their fucking city bike to take a picture in the protest and then riding off into the fucking sunset. That's limousine liberal shit. Yeah, yeah, it's, but, you know, again, it goes back to what you're saying in school, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's where it starts. So for me, um, as I mentioned at the, at the start of the podcast, I'm a teacher and I teach in the Bronx. And <laughs> I, you know, I know I complain to you and I complain to my friends all the time <laughs> about my kids, you know, how annoying, but they're my kids. Yes, that's, that's right. Day, they're my kids, you know? I'm allowed to I say I still that. feel like that, and I have been taught in eons. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I follow some of my kids on Instagram. I'm, yeah, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm the only one allowed to talk to them. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Once, you know, the school day is in session, talk to me. Don't ever address my kids. They, they are my children, and I have to warn my students, especially my boys, because I have a large Muslim population. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I currently teach third grade. And can you imagine saying to third graders, um, even as far back as when President Trump was elected, Ooh. right? His name is Cheeto. <laughs> and we were working on opinion essays. And I mean, the, the vitriol in their essays that, you know, he's, he's so bad for this country. And you know, you're supposed to fact check and you're supposed to be like, where is yours? I said, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I read that in the New York Times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, wonderful people. I mean, no lies detected. Right. <laughs> it's like you have to tell these little kids, these eight, nine, ten-year-olds, that listen, there's a world outside of your neighborhood. There's a world outside of the Bronx, and they don't like people that look like you. Not because you're a bad person, just because of how you look. Oh, yeah. I'm Muslim too? I oh, forget about it. They double forget don't like it. you. Right? Forget about it. And versus kids on the Upper East Side, they don't ever have to think about that. They don't At all. ever have to think about those kinds of experiences. So going back to the whole voting thing, which is one part of the puzzle to address that, to just be like, well, I'm not voting. And yes, you're doing things in your community, but why throw away a piece of the pie when you can you yeah. know, activate all of these parts to, to get some change done? It's, 
you you made a good when you made the point about you you would think that these people have learned to be allies tying that into what you just said about the upper east side again something i never thought about until you know the wheels just started turning um just now but a lot of those people that live up there they have domestic staff they have nannies and they have housekeepers and all these people that work in their homes who are also green card holders yeah like y'all don't even give a shit enough about the people that literally help your life move day to day to advocate for them to be an ally for them like openly unapologetically fight for them you know what what what's in my experience that knowing relatives and friends that you know even whether they're illegal or not that mm -hmm. are you know, work for a family, whether it's the babysitting, cleaning, whatever the case may yeah. be. That respective family, they just see them. They just see Tasha. They just yeah. See that's them. the good. That's the good black. That it's called I, the good black. Like, oh, this one is good. Yeah, they see that. But then when you start including, well, you know, in my neighborhood, in my borough, then that's where you're like, but you know. These people, they do this. You're not like that. No, I'm just like that. I'm just I'm like exactly that. exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't get the opportunity, in most cases, to ever explain myself. Just yeah. by simply looking at me, you've already cast aspersions on me. Just simply by looking at me. And you don't get oh. the opportunity to actually participate, in, which is another reason why they get dubbed the good black. It's like, oh, well, you're not out in the streets protesting. No, because I don't want to get deported. Not because I don't agree. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if you took your ass out in the street and protested, I would eventually get the opportunity to do it. Right, right, right. So it's, you know, um, early in the summer, Ngozi, which you know, Ngozi, we love. <laughs> That's my girl. She does a lot of good work. Yeah, hosted a forum, and it was you know, folks from all over. And I was really excited because I was saying to her, same thing I said that West Indian voices seem to always get left out of the conversation. So I appreciated the fact that she made sure that a voice was included as an activist. Like the whole family from Trinidad was you know, mm -hmm. part of the conversation. And you know, the takeaway was doesn't matter the continent, people that look like us, we are mistreated for period. Period. <laughs> period. Whatever reason. We are mistreated. You know, it doesn't matter if we're the majority, the minority. It's the truth. We are I, listen, my my personal <laughs> my personal belief on why that happens is because overwhelmingly black people are too goddamn sympathetic, apathetic. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so fucking nice. Let me tell you something. The fact that we only fight for equality as opposed to retribution is proof positive we are too fucking nice yeah. because as an individual you can't run up in my house take my shit displace me and the only response i'm gonna have is i just want my stuff back mm -hmm. nah nah yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna do the most i'm gonna fuck your life up i'm gonna fuck up your lineage like the yeah. family line about the end with your ass yeah. <laughs> Because of black people overwhelmingly only fight for equality, like we're we're so fucking kind-hearted. 
But see, it, it goes and it opens the door, and people abuse our kindness as a weakness. Yeah. But see, it's it's only a problem when we riot. When we correct. Well, it's only a riot when we do it. It's only a riot then because any other time it's, you know, they're, they're just so... Yeah, because the tea party wasn't any of that, right? Wasn't any of it. Wasn't any of that. It wasn't pollution. They wasn't worried about protecting the ocean then. Right. All this country came into existence. That wasn't rioting. That wasn't protesting either. I don't know what the word is for it, but not rioting or protesting either. Certainly not. But when we do it, it's a problem. As you said, simply asking for equality, simply asking for recognition is difficult. And I, I, I think that that's, that's fair. That's, that's, we could ask for a whole lot more. So, you know, when you see people get on the news and they're talking about, oh, they're burning and destroying, destroying. I'd be like, burn that stuff. shit down. Stuff that doesn't belong to us. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, I don't give a fuck if they burnt Gucci. Nice. I'm not Gucci. <laughs> I don't give a right. fuck if they burn Louis Vuitton. So what? It's, it's, it, you know. They are shooting us in our fucking beds. You think I give a fuck about a store? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't care about no damn store. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. I don't care about no store. Right. But I just to bring it back, I do want you to talk about your, um, your petition. Yes, definitely. So, because Miss Corona <laughs> is out here showing her ass for the rest of the year, obviously we can't go canvassing person to person, um, signing petitions, uh, anything like that. So the next best option is a change.org petition, which will be live whenever this goes live. Um, and it's going to also include a link where you can directly send an email to all your city council members. Um, and then we can follow up with, so that folks can see who is running for 2021 and what positions that they are running for. Um, and I think just the same way how we had to defund the police movement, if we mm -hmm. can get the same type of agitation, which I don't think it should be difficult, especially oh. since now we're voting, it, it continues to be something prominent in the main yeah. seat you know, any running into any issues in not getting the numbers where the mayor and folks that who are able to vote, <laughs> they're going to have to answer. They're going to have to answer to this as to why is it in other states where people who are simply residents who live mm -hmm. there are able to vote and exercise that right and include their voice in local elections. Why can't we do that in New York City? You know, we, we herald New York City as being this beacon, this example of how the rest of the country should be. This is the perfect exactly. time. <laughs> this is the perfect time to show that, you know, instead of excommunicating a really important cross-section of the New York City uh, population. So that'll be there and share, 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 sign, 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 email, email, email. <laughs> I will have all that information in the in the description box so you can click, support, get involved, learn about your local politicians. Um, I know everyone that listens is not in New York. Hell, everybody that listens is not even in America, but be proactive wherever you are. Um, Melissa, thank you so much thank for you. coming on. I really appreciate you. Um, those of you who are green card holders, if you are not sure whether or not you are registered to vote, go to vote 
www.ghostbusters.org am I registered? I'm going to put the link in the um, in the description box so you can click it because there's a hell of a lot of hyphenations and ain't nobody got time for all that. So I'll put the link in the description box so that you can click um, because if you are registered to vote, you want to get unregistered <laughs> expeditiously. <laughs> you do not want to put yourself in a situation where you can get deported. No. Or some bullshit. <laughs> We don't know if you can start a GoFundMe for that. So, <laughs> I, listen, I, <laughs> we got we got all type of bail funds we got to tend to. I don't know if we got time to get yeah. out of deportation <laughs> over the registration, but we try. We'll try. We won't leave you stranded. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely try. Um, again, Melissa, thank you so much. This is a super important topic, as you all know. If you follow the podcast, I am really, really big on local elections. So this is not the first, and it will not be the last time that we have conversations around local elections. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Season two is gonna be a whole lot of getting into the shits. So, you know, stick around. And until next time, you have a good one. Peace.